I went with who you should have went with, David. I picked the old boy from the 307, baby. Howdy, boys and girls. It's the Y.O. Sports Podcast, baby. I'm your host, David Graff. I'm alongside with my co-host, Robert Munoz. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Denver Broncos' new long snapper and Wyoming native, Jacob Bobemeyer. We certainly loved having him, and we are really appreciative that he was able to join us on such short notice and to be our first guest. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. This is going to be a big podcast and an even bigger podcast for Wyoming sports fans. And you met Jacob Bobemeyer first, and he can go home and tell all of his teammates and everybody, I was the first guest on the Y.O. Sports Podcast with David Graff and Robert Munoz. It doesn't get any bigger than that. I mean, we might have to send him, you know, a hat or something. Maybe a pair of socks. That's going to be our thing, because in the Mountain West, you know, you need socks. You got to have socks if you're going to stay warm. I digress. We also talked last week about the Wyoming men's basketball recruiting class. It turns out a huge piece of information dropped as we were recording, so we didn't quite cover it. But Wyoming's recruiting class, number one in the Mountain West Conference, that's a huge deal, people. New coach, new recruiting class. We already have the best of both in the conference, and it's not even been six months with Linder at the helm. Anyways, we'll get into all that. We'll get into some Logan Wilson. We're happy to have a member of that men's basketball recruiting class, Xavier Ducell, joining us today. He's going to swing by and talk to us about, you know, his high school career and how he came to the decision to follow Jeff Linder to Wyoming. It's, it's a good interview. We, we just recorded it earlier. But first, we're going to talk about Logan Wilson, Wyoming's number one man in this NFL draft class as well as some of the other potential NFL draftees from the University of Wyoming. And to end this episode after the interview with Xavier, Robert and I did a little mock draft, a little mock draft simulation for the Denver Broncos. We each did them privately. We have no idea who the other guy picked. We did all seven rounds. Yeah, we're not going two rounds here, not one round. We have some NFL draft opinions for the Denver Broncos. I didn't do so hot in my draft. Uh, You'll be surprised at some of my picks. I ignored a major position that some Denver Bronco fans think that the team and John Elway should address, but we'll address that later. Robert, how's it going, buddy? Mr. Graff, doing wonderful, doing wonderful today. How are you doing? You haven't told us how you're doing today. You know, I'm I'm pretty solid. You know, outside after we record this podcast, I'm going to look out the windows and imagine how nice it feels cuz it, it's like 60 degrees here in Montana, which is about the weather that it needs to be to get me outside. You doing some sunbathing though? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think I might get outside, you know, do a little sunbathing. My gut could use a a few UV rays. You know, I, I need some of that dark bronzeness you know going into this quarantine at home summer oh yeah it's gonna be an indoor summer's indoors huh 
I mean, but it's looking like here. There are going to be a lot of long walks, you know, just, you know, back to my house and maybe a few long walks from the couch to the fridge to my phone to place a DoorDash delivery order. I have no idea. The summer have is you, totally open. Have you even been going outside much? I've been trying to, you know, get out for a walk, but it's been kind of cold. Has been cold. You know, that big snowstorm, you were uh, complaining a little bit about it last week. A little angry. snow. I'd fallen there, up there in Missoula. I was definitely angry about the little bit of snow here in Missoula. I was scared for you because you texted me after the snowstorm. You said, hey, man, I snowmobiled out to find some service from this cabin. It looks like I'm stuck here. And then I didn't hear from you for 48 hours, so I was really worried about your well-being. I mean, honestly. It was a wonderful time with a couple of good friends. We really enjoyed quarantine the right way, if you know what I mean. I think you mean a few bush lattes, or in your case, Miller Lights. Miller Light. <laughs> Drink a choice, man. That's, that's Robert's go-to if you see him and you want to buy him a beer. When this quarantine is over, stay inside. <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. Uh, go to a fancy, fancy restaurant, fancy bar, ask for a Miller Lite, and they just give you the strangest look. <laughs> I can confirm. I think Robert is one of maybe 11 people in the state of Wyoming who goes to the bar and gets Miller Lite on purpose. On purpose. People get it on accident then, huh? I mean, sometimes, you know, the Bud Light is out. I guess so. I guess that's true. All right. Well, let's talk about a linebacker from the University of Wyoming who probably isn't drinking Miller Lite or Bud Light because he's prepping for the NFL draft. Now, he may have a few after to celebrate his draft position. It sounds like he's rising. He's soaring, actually. His stock is off the freaking chart, folks. That's Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson was a senior last year at the University of Wyoming. He led the FBS in interceptions by a linebacker last year. He had four. He ran a great 40 at 4.63 at the NFL Combine. I mean, he's dazzled NFL scouts, NFL analysts. I mean, most notably, Lewis Riddick, he might draft him and just start a football team. He might start the 33rd NFL franchise with Logan Wilson. If he had the number one pick, it might be Logan Wilson. I mean, he is going bananas for Logan Wilson. He tweeted on Sunday, Wyoming linebacker Logan Wilson, tough, smart, plays fast, with a line graph emoji, which you can only interpret as his stock is soaring. Soaring. And then Riddick went on NFL Live earlier this week and said he wouldn't be surprised if Wilson was a first-round pick. A first-round pick. Some people have Logan Wilson as a seventh-rounder. Those people are crazy and need to go to a doctor when this is all over to check their brain, see if they have CTE, see if they haven't had too many concussions. But I don't know if Logan Wilson is a first-round pick, but he's certainly a day two draft pick in either the second or third round. Robert, you followed along more closely with the Wyoming football team this year. What are your initial thoughts on Logan Wilson? 
my initial thoughts on Logan Wilson, he's just a competitor. That kind of one of the top things that scouts are looking for. You want a guy who's a fiery competitor at linebacker. I mean, he carried the Wyoming defense. I mean, it's a team unit, certainly. But when you have a guy like Logan Wilson in the middle at the middle linebacker position, it's pretty easy to have a dominant unit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And he can play all over the field. You know, he could play Mike, Sam, those linebacker positions. He can drop back in coverage. He, I mean, he reads the field really well. I mean, you can just tell if you don't even watch football very often, he's there. He's always in position to make the play, and he makes the play when it needs to be made, almost certainly. The only thing he's missing is the long blonde hair for the best defender on the University of Wyoming. Sounds uh, sounds about right, huh? I mean, it's all right. He's he's rocking the he's rocking a nice haircut. He's trying to look good, trying to look nice and classy for when he's on the screen on Thursday during the draft. <laughs> so you think he's going day one, eh? You know I'm an optimistic guy, David. You know, you know, you know me for my optimism. Yeah, Robert's not afraid to shoot a shot, folks. Not at all. What is your favorite thing that you see from Logan Wilson here? I mean, going into the draft. You you kind of touched on it saying like, you know, he can cover the field, he can cover in pass coverage. Something that I think is extremely important is being able to cover running backs, cover tight ends. And if you can do that and you can play pass coverage, you can have a long career in this current NFL. I mean, he led FBS, like I said earlier, with four interceptions. That didn't lead the FBS total. It led linebackers at FBS, to be perfectly clear. So... I think with his 40 time at 463, I remember I was watching that distinctly and I when he went off and he sprinted a 463, I jumped out of my chair with excitement. I was like, "Oh boy, that boy's moving." And I mean, he was. He was. He impressed. He killed it at the combine. I mean, that 40 I think was something that people were like, "Is he actually fast?" or not, and you can argue all day about whether or not the 40 is indicative to NFL, you know, an NFL career or not, but guys who are fast are better players in the NFL. That's just the truth. You can't be slow and have a long career in the NFL. You know what I mean? Uh, Some guys have made it work, but... I mean, Peyton Manning made it work, but other than that... Looking real impressive here, um... NFL draft has his prospect grade at 6.33, what they consider as he will be a starter within the first two seasons in the league. Yeah, that's probably a fair estimation. I mean, I don't know if he'll be a starter from day one, considering it seems like it's going to be tough for rookies, given that there's not going to be any kind of in-person coaching or meeting with teammates or staff or anything like that for for seemingly a while who knows when that's gonna when those restrictions will be lifted so it's it's looking like a lot of zoom meetings and you know hanging out with uh his coaches that have been with him and getting him prepped for the draft but like you said 6.33 out of that scales out of eight that's that's pretty solid 
yeah, looking around, I see a lot of these prospects. I mean, barely they're barely topping six points. So Logan's looking like a strong prospect here coming out. And like you said, Lewis Riddick might just he, he just might be Lewis Riddick's favorite prospect in the draft. I mean, and you know when he ran, he ran. Lewis Riddick is all over this guy, which. Lewis Riddick should be an NFL GM. It's a mystery why he's not one. But if he's saying this and he thinks that Lewis, uh, if he thinks that Logan Wilson could potentially go in the first round of the NFL draft, I believe him. I mean, he's got those kinds of connections. He's got that kind of, you know, pedigree that he could call a guy like that. It seems though that he's likely to go in the late second round, early third round. I mean, he's a guaranteed day two pick. Almost every mock draft has him in the third round of some sort. The Boston media, they're super high on Logan Wilson as well. When you type Logan Wilson on Google right now, there are endless Pats blogs saying that Logan Wilson should be their third round pick. Who knows if he'll even be there in the third round. Sports Illustrated in their mock draft has him at 83, which is a spot I know that Robert loves because that means he would land with the Denver Broncos. I can say in our mock draft, we, I did almost all of them. Logan was available there at that 83rd spot. I don't know what that has to do with anything. You know, these mock drafts this, for this draft, we were talking about it earlier. They're everywhere. They're all over the place. Who knows what's going to go on in this draft that's going to be a crazy one. It's going to be an exciting draft. Even more exciting, we have a Wyoming native, Wyoming Cowboy. He's a pretty pretty top, pretty huge prospect here. Yeah, he's a big deal and it's exciting for not only University of Wyoming fans, but if you're from the state of Wyoming, you should be pumped up to have another Cowboy representing you in the NFL. Craig Boldris develops kids into NFL athletes, I guess, huh? In the last three years, Wyoming has had an NFL draft pick, which I don't think they could say that for a three-year stretch in a long, long time. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'd have to uh, do some research, David. Couldn't just tell you off the top of my head, but I'd have to agree with you on that one. He's been here in the last five years. He's had four, four years he's had an NFL draft pick. In 2017, they had two guys get drafted in the NFL draft. Then in 2018, obviously, Josh Allen went in the first round. Logan Wilson, maybe, might be joining him in that class of Cowboys who have gone in the first round. We shall see. But it's pretty exciting, honestly. And I really, really do believe that Logan Wilson is going to have a long NFL career. He's got all of the tools He's a great tackler. When a guy can tackle, they're usually going to have a long NFL career. There are a lot of guys in the NFL, believe it or not, who are afraid to tackle. You watch the games, and you're like, what, what is that guy doing? Why is he not attacking the ball? Logan Wilson does that, and that those are the kinds of things that lead to long NFL careers and productive NFL careers. Fearless and durable, I think those are some two quality words that describe him. Those are two great characteristics. Once again, 
to have a long NFL career. <laughs> Speaking about all these draft picks Craig Bull has produced, anybody else come to mind when you think that could possibly come off the board here during this year's NFL draft coming from Wyoming? I mean, there were 10 guys who did the pro day along with Logan Wilson in early March there. And it seems most likely to potentially get drafted is Elijah Elijah Halliburton, uh, safety from the University of Wyoming. He's rated pretty low, but as as you and I were talking about before we got on this podcast, this draft is going to be absolutely wild. I mean, nobody really has any kind of idea for what the like what scouts are actually thinking and scouts haven't spent a whole lot of time together watching these guys you know at pro days and things like that so there's not as much groupthink which i know groupthink is probably a word that you're tired of hearing but it's the truth there's going to be a lot of guys who have their own opinions and it's it's going to be like last year when the raiders took cleland farrell in the first round at I think fourth overall, and people were like, holy crap, what is John Gruden doing? And that's, that's going to be the reaction from a lot of people, media members, fans, even NFL players are going to be like, what what are they doing? What is my team doing right now in this, in this second round, okay? We do not need a fourth running back. But th- that's going to happen. I mean... Seattle Seahawks fans in particular, they're going to be upset when the Seahawks take a running back in the first round. But Pete Carroll loves his running backs, guys. So that's, I mean, that's one example of the craziness, but there's certainly going to be way, way more examples. I mean, it's already leaking out that the Dolphins now like Justin Herbert. They're bigger on Justin Herbert than Tua. The plan had been since Tua was in Hawaii, I think, that... They were Hawaiian high school. They, they were going to tank and get Tua. I mean, that's how long it seems like tank for Tua has been the motto in Miami. Ever since I can remember, tank for Tua has been the motto in Miami. I don't know. Maybe they think Herbert can bring a little bit more love down there. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? What, what would be the wildest thing to you that would happen? Like, that would make you The go- wildest just the wildest go bonkers like you're like what in the absolute hell it would have to be something that revolves around the number one pick right yeah i don't know exactly what but joe burrow's going number one we know that everyone knows that if joe burrow doesn't go number one it's insane exactly but zach taylor commented today and said he is as advertised so guess we can kind of we can pencil blow that, that one in. away we yep. can pencil that in yeah i mean i guess it would also be crazy if washington drafted a quarterback who knows we'll talk more about the nl nfl draft in general after our interview with uh wyoming men's basketball recruit xavier Ducell. that's coming up here in a little bit we were super excited to to talk to him and hear what he's been up to in the quarantine and why he actually chose Wyoming. So back to Wyoming football, though, I would say Elijah Halliburton is probably the most likely if there's going to be another guy that got picked. 
I mean, Rocket Ismail could end up being a good, you know, special teams wide receiver slot guy for a lot of teams. He had his ups and downs in Laramie. The guy who I'm most bullish on, and I, I'm willing to bet anybody. I'm unemployed. I'm waiting on my COVID nineteen, you know, unemployment to kick in. Ten dollars. I'm willing to gamble ten dollars to anybody who wants to bet this wager that Cooper Roth, the kicker at Wyoming, has a ten year career in professional football. I mean, he is an unbelievable kicker. I don't know if altitude helped him or not. Eh, maybe, but he was one of the few kickers in college football that you could reliably count on. Like when he went out there to kick, it was going in. It was. You could shake your head, but he is a good kicker. He could kick from distance. He will have a 10-year career in professional football, not necessarily all in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know about that, but Halliburton does look like the next best option to get taken off the board as a Wyoming Cowboy. Uh, he, he had an excellent season. Built off that first game against Missouri, he had, what, 17 tackles. He had that long touchdown run. Um, off of the fumble, recovered fumble. He he, he makes plays on the field, kind of like Logan Wilson, and he's out there. He's out there making plays, making tackles, and he's always flying to the ball. And I think scouts love to see that. Like you said earlier, what do we? What is? What does this guy do? Why isn't he attacking the ball? Halliburton loves to tackle, and physicality, physicality will drive him, and maybe maybe it'll make him a little bit of money doesn't hurt to you know play football and make a little bit of money it's always nice i assume i've never been paid for my football football skills i want to go back though cooper roth i'm i'm marking it down dude he will have an nfl career for a little bit and he will pay he will play 10 seasons of professional football he's a fantastic kicker i don't know why you're you're smiling sheepishly but when you're a, a national finalist for the Lou, Gro- Lou Groza Award, you're you're an NFL kicker. I guess you're right. I'm not disagreeing with you, David. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm laughing at your excitement. I'm excited, okay? I'm excited about the future of Cooper Roth because you know who puts points on the board for an NFL team? It's kickers, baby. And they have kickers, 20. baby. They have 20-year professional football careers. All right, I digress. It's been well-established now. I am the Lewis Riddick of Cooper Roth's NFL prospects. Cooper Roth, I'll bet anybody $10. Tweet at me that you want the bet, at Mr. David Graff, and your Venmo tag, and I'll tweet you mine because you're going to owe me in 10 years $10. All right. Any final thoughts my final thoughts about these Wyoming prospects and the NFL draft, uh, not too much. But I will say, don't be surprised if Logan Wilson goes first round in the 2020 NFL draft. Market down. Robert has Logan Wilson number 23 to whoever's picking 23. Somebody's going to jump up and take him. I have no idea. Someone's going to. Someone's going to trade up for him, huh? I have no idea who's picking 23, folks. Uh, I just know that the Card- the Arizona Cardinals are eighth. 
I could probably give you the first eight teams. Denver is 15th. The Houston Texans don't have a first-round pick for the next century. Uh, And then, obviously, the Chiefs are 32nd. I will be watching on Thursday. I know Robert will as well. Uh, It's the only meaningful dose of sports that we're going to have for a long time on television. I'm also very intrigued to see what Roger Goodell's basement looks like. But from that outgoing class of Wyoming football players, let's talk about the incoming class of men's basketball players at the University of Wyoming. It's a huge deal. I touched on it earlier, but Wyoming has the number one ranked recruiting class in the Mountain West Conference. I mean, the Mountain West Conference, the Mountain West Conference has some pretty good basketball schools. And frankly, Wyoming has not been a part of that group. So to have the number one ranked recruiting class, it's awesome. It definitely, when you sent me the text with the news, I did a mini lamp around my living room. Honestly, it got me excited. I was already pumped up when they made the call to, to coach Linder, to have him be the next head coach and to see his labor pay off so fruitfully already. It's exciting, and it's got me excited about Wyoming basketball for the first time in a really long time. We talked a lot about the individual players, and coming up here, we have individual player, uh, we have individual player Xavier Ducell from Arizona joining us. But Robert, what is your overall level of excitement when you read and you hear that the University of Wyoming has the number one ranked? basketball recruiting class in the mountain west it's also 53rd in the nation i mean what what kind of emotions does that bring for you sparks those positive emotions those great emotions it's exciting just like you said it's it's exciting isn't it i know we uh last week when we spoke about linder and we mentioned that he wanted to recruit this area really well this region and recruiting was on the top of his list of priorities. And he has, I mean, he's proven that to be true. I know they still have two scholarships available, so we will see what happens there. Only 12 players on the roster right now. Um, One of those is the walk-on. So those two scholarships are still available. And I'm just kind of anxious to see what, who else is in, what else is Linder going to bring to the program? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a trick up his sleeve. I mean, they were in the mix for a couple other guys who decided to go different ways. We won't say their names or where they decided to go because they're not Wyoming Cowboys. They don't matter. Honestly, though, I think that Linder has something up his sleeve. He's going to figure out some sort of magic. They don't have to use those last two scholarships, but they are available. And the wizard, Jeff Linder, We'll figure something out to do with those two. It's exciting. I'm really excited. Robert's obviously excited. But I'm also excited because we're going to have guest Xavier Ducell on with us right now. Really excited. He's a good kid. He's a great basketball player. And, you know, anytime a kid has connections to James Harden or Team Harden, you know, I got to stand them. I got to stand them. That's the nature of the beast. So enjoy this interview with him, and uh, we'll talk Broncos mock drafts that Robert and I conducted after this interview. All right, we are very, very happy 
to have somebody from that number one ranked recruiting class in the Mountain West, a guard out of Gilbert, Arizona, somebody that Robert has admired very, very much, Xavier Ducell. Xavier, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going well. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for joining us. Really excited to have you. How's school considering, you know, you're at home and there's not really much you can do right now? Um, well, fortunately, I was able to graduate from high school like a couple days ago because I was homeschooled this past two years. So I was able to finish early with that. And it's allowed me to just, you know, have a lot of time for training, working on my body, resting, you know, refocusing on basketball and the season to come. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited to, to get out to Wyoming and, you know, breathe that Wyoming fresh air. So watching all your highlights and everything, I mean, you, you score really well. You attack the rim with a lot of aggression. You're obviously a great jump shooter. What would you say your biggest strength is on the court? Um, I'd say just, just making my teammates better because when they look good, I look good. Uh, and I just I try to keep it simple on the court because when you try to start to overcomplicate basketball, that's when you know it kind of starts to, to fight back at you. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, just getting my teammates involved and, and making the right play. Who would you say you model your game after? Um, I definitely, over the years, have watched a lot of different players. <clears throat> like growing up, I was, you know, huge on Michael Jordan. And then uh, more recently, I've been, you know, blessed with the chance to be able to train and work with James Harden a lot over the summer. So uh, just kind of taking little pieces from, from everybody's game and kind of creating it into my own and then, you know, doing my own thing with, with the pieces that I get. What's your routine been like here ever since everything started going on? How are you getting shots up? How are you training, staying in shape? What have you been focused on? What have you been doing? Uh, just waking up at a reasonable time, you know, making sure I'm eating eating the right foods. And then uh, fortunate enough, the, the strength and conditioning staff at Wyoming um, uh, had sent the the players uh, a workout plan that we can follow that you know doesn't involve any actual weights or anything so it's all stuff we can do at home or just you know out in the community at parks or whatever which allows us to you know stay in shape and you know keep our strength up so that way when we're coming in we're not just you know coming in cold turkey and then uh, I've been able to you know find outdoor courts here and there that that are still open and and, um, you know, get shots up and create my own little workout drills and ball handling drills and shooting drills that, you know, you can find on the Internet or just some things that I've done in the past with trainers. Uh, and, yeah, just, just keeping the tool sharp, you know. Okay, you said something in there that really caught my ear. You said you've been focusing on your diet. Now, for me, I'm only focusing on the French fries. But to hear a college, an incoming college freshman say that they're focused on their diet in order to maintain their body, that's big time. What what does that entail to you? Uh, just just making sure that, that my body's in the in the best shape that it can be in. Because uh, I think one of the worst things, especially as an athlete, is whenever you're starting to feel like sluggish and slow and like you can't move. Um, and, and a huge part of that is just what you put in your body, you know? So 
I like to, you know, fill my body with the right nutrients that, uh, that, that it'll take to, you know, be able to recover from all the, you know, punches that I throw at it, uh, each and every day with all my workouts and, and whatnot. You know, what I, what I put into my body is just as important as, you know, me working out and doing all that extra stuff. Cause if you're, you know, throwing garbage into the, into the fuel tank, you know, you're not going to get very good production. So. Xavier, uh, was it, was it kind of difficult to commit to a university and a town, an area that you have never, you don't know much about and didn't have the opportunity to visit? Was it kind of difficult to do that? Um, it was, it was difficult in a way, but at the same time, it, it was quite easy just because I have a lot of faith in coach Linder and, and what he does. And as well as, uh, you know, coach DeWeese and coach V and the other people on the, on the staff there. But I mean, I, I've, I've seen pictures and, and heard a lot about how beautiful Wyoming was. So I'm not, I wasn't too worried about the, um, like whole me living there aspect of it. It was more just being able to create a good relationship with the people that I'm going to be around on a day to day basis. And I feel like I've done that. And, uh, it made the, it made the decision quite easy in a way while under, you know, difficult circumstances. Yeah. Make sure you bring your winter clothes up here. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Get definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Coach Linder makes you're obviously very loyal to him already. What What about him makes you want to be so lo- so loyal to him? I, I just feel like he puts a level of confidence in his players that uh, I haven't really experienced. You know, to to that level in my basketball career thus far, and uh, I I like the way that he you know has has his players play. And I like how he likes to play fast and, and get up a lot of threes and then make sure we limit the threes on the other end. Um, and I think it tailors really well to, to my play style. So I'm just excited. How would you say your relationship with Coach Linder has progressed? You know, I mean, it's pretty crazy that you commit to him at Northern Colorado and then you're like, all right, Coach, actually, let's do this thing at Wyoming. I'm ready. Let's go. What would you say your relationship is like, and how did it develop? Uh, I think it. De- I mean, definitely developed over over time. I mean, when when they were at Northern Colorado, Coach Linder, he he started recruiting me like maybe a, a year year and a half and some change ago. So I mean, that relationship has been building over a, a long period of time, and it's just you know grown into what it is now, and it's allowed me to you know have the trust in him to you know, take that leap of faith with him and go to Wyoming. And uh, I think it'll definitely pay off in the long run. I'm sure you're kind of aware Wyoming basketball hasn't been, hasn't been very, very good the last couple of seasons here. How, how anxious are you to put Wyoming basketball back on the map? One of the top teams in the mountain West again. Well, I mean, definitely uh, it's no secret that the past couple of years have, have been a little bit rough there, but I mean, why not this year to be the year where that all gets turned around? So, I mean, I definitely have the optimistic mentality of, you know, why not, you know, do it this year and, you know, why not now? And, you know, why not this group that, you know, we can turn this whole thing around? Because I definitely feel like we got the pieces for it. And I definitely feel like we got the coaching staff that can do it and the, and the people, uh, you know, in the, in, the, in the front offices that can, you know, get it done and, and, you know, I think we'll have a great schedule this year, and I think we'll be able to make a lot of noise beating some teams that people think that, that we're not going to beat. Um, and, 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 yeah, I think everybody's just eager and, and ready to get to work and, you know, start start putting these uh, pieces together. Have you talked to any of the guys that you're going to be playing with? 
Uh, yeah. So Marcus, uh, I, uh, he plays on the Team Harden Houston team. I play. I played on the Team Harden Arizona team, and uh, so we have that kind of relationship there. And then when I went on my visit to UNC for the first time, he also took his visit there. So that was my first time actually meeting him in person, and and we got along well. And then uh, I've heard from a couple of the other players too, uh, just reaching out saying how how they're excited to to you know get get it get uh, get to play with everybody. And um, yeah, I mean I'm just ready to build a relationship with everyone. You know, form this brotherhood that's going to take us uh, you know really far for the next four years. I love when you say James Harden. All right, this is a James Harden stand podcast, so it gets me very excited <laughs> hearing you say that your involvement involvement with Team Harden and you modeling your game kind of after what he's been able to do in the NBA. What like what is it like playing high school basketball in Arizona? I mean, it's a pretty competitive circuit. What were some of your biggest challenges in high school? Definitely growing up, like Arizona didn't have the best rap around. Uh, you know, them being a top basketball state. And I think only recently, maybe in the past, like, five years, has that been turned around by the players that have kind of came out of Arizona. And uh, just growing up and, you know, going through high school, I feel like, you know, I I had faced a lot of challenges just from, you know, players that I've played or situations that I've been in, you know, where I have to adapt and, and kind of, learn on the fly in certain situations, but I have a lot of really great people in my corner that, you know, help me along the way. So, you know, without them, it, it wouldn't have been as, as a simple as a road, but um, just developing my game over time, you know, facing different types of players, different types of play styles and, and being coached by different coaches. So that way uh, I can know all the different angles that people have on basketball and, uh, just truly, bre- tr- truly blessed um, to to be able to have the road that I've had, and uh, I mean it can only go up from here. So I'm just ready to go. Yeah, you're definitely right. It's it's become really competitive in the last five years or so. I mean, a year mm-hmm. ago it was Nico Mannion. Was there anybody in high school that really pushed you like to that next level that you would say was a rival? Um, I, I wouldn't say that I have any rivals. Because uh, I, I guess I don't really focus on that stuff too much. I guess I, I kind of just focus on on my own thing, and I try to get to get the job done, and I, and I leave all that rival stuff and all that to, to social media and and all that. Uh, so I, I wouldn't really say I have a rival. I just I just go out and play and, and do whatever it takes to win, and and I let the rest take care of itself and only control the things that I can control. So. That's a good answer, you know. Leave leave it for me and Robert to talk about and things like that. Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up with this question here. Thanks again for joining us, Xavier. Yeah, no problem. What are you most excited about when you get to Laramie, both on and off the court? I would say off the court, I'm most excited to just, you know, meet the people and, and dive into the community. And then uh, on the court, definitely just to, to start playing with the guys, start putting in the work that it's going to take to, to get to the place we want to get to. And, uh, you know, just see how far we can take this thing. And I think we can take it really far. I really think you're going to love Wyoming and culture. Yeah, me too. And the way the state just loves Wyoming's athletics, I think you're going to be surprised. And I think you're really going to enjoy it, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're really excited to see you get out on the court in that uh, brown and gold. 
and see what you can do and really excited to see what this whole team and what Jeff Linder can do. So really appreciate you coming on and good Thank luck you. next season. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Xavier. Good luck. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Xavier Ducell, an incoming guard for the university of Wyoming and a deep religious follower of Jeff Linder. We're very glad to have him. Thanks for coming on on such short notice. Really appreciate it and really excited to watch him play in uh, Laramie and the Mountain West Conference. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be a stud. It's It's been predestined. His association with Team Harden, it prepped him for greatness, honestly. But now it's the moment that you've all been waiting for. Robert and I, we conducted our own mock drafts on thedraftnetwork.com. For the Denver Broncos, the the Denver Broncos have the 15th overall selection in the first round. They have a bunch of picks this year. They have three third-round picks, which is unbelievable. And this mock draft simulator that we did, you can't do trades. So that, that that made it a little interesting, I think, that... The Broncos are situated in a way that they're probably going to make a trade or two. I also, I would condone trading down from their first round pick. So I'm always in favor of trading back, collecting assets, you know, drafting as many no-name linebackers from big-name schools as you possibly can, as well as our boy Logan Wilson. I mean, he would be an excellent fit on the Denver Broncos. But the mock draft simulator that we did does not allow for trades unless you pay a premium. And I'm not paying a premium to run a mock draft. I'm sorry. It's just against my principles. I mentioned earlier at the top that I left out an all-important position to some Denver Broncos fans. You'll find out what position that is very soon. But Robert and I are going to go through every single pick that the Denver Broncos have going into Thursday's draft like I said I think they're probably going to make a trade I mean they have three third round picks that are all pretty close together which to me indicates that they might move up you know into that second round draft somebody that probably was a first rounder and fell the Broncos have the 15th overall selection in the first round they have the 46th overall selection in the second round They have 77, 83, and 95 in the third round. In the fourth round, they have 118. In the fifth round, they have 178. In the sixth round, they have 181. 178 might be in the sixth round, too. I'm not sure. Then they have 252 and 254 in the seventh round. Those are two of the last five picks or so. There are 256 total selections in the NFL draft. All right. I'm going to start with who I pick first. 15th overall in the first round. Jedrick Wills, an offensive tackle out of Alabama. I mean, if you're gonna if you're really gonna buy in with Drew Locke, you gotta protect him. First and foremost. First and foremost, he's gotta be protected. He's gotta have time to throw. You Invested in the offense with the signing of Melvin Gordon. So you got to be able to block for them, for him and for Philip Lindsay. And who knows what they're going to do with Royce Freeman. Jedrick Wills, that's the pick. 
I love it, David. Honestly, love it a lot. It's just, yeah, you touched it. I don't have much else to add. You got to protect your franchise quarterback. If Drew Locke is the franchise quarterback, is Drew Locke the franchise quarterback? <laughs> that is, uh, you know, that's John Elway's job to decide. I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but I'm going to say no. Let me ask you, first of all, which receivers were available to you with the 15th pick in your mock draft? When I had the 15th pick, it was between Jedrick Wills and Jerry Judy. And I will say that, honestly, most likely, if Ruggs, Judy, or Lamb are there at 15, the Broncos are probably going to take one of those three guys. I would say that Jerry Judy should be the pick. I think he's... For some reason, you know, not getting all of the buzz that he should be getting. His college tape is unfreaking believable. I mean, he is an absolute animal. He found ways to get open and make catches that, honestly, I didn't realize were possible. I mean, he dominated the game, and he he's going to have that kind of impact in the NFL as well. Obviously he won't be as freakishly athletic in terms of his athleticism won't be as, as superior as it was in college, but he's still going to be a monster. What about you? And for all, yep. And for all those reasons, that's why Judy was my number, my first round pick in our mock draft for the Broncos 15th spot. I did a lot of mock drafts, and it was pretty funny that Judy was sitting there at 15 in each one. Even Ruggs and C.D. Lamb were off the board, and it's pretty crazy because, you know, beginning of the college football season, everyone, Jerry, Judy, unanimous, top five, top ten pick. Uh, there's no way he's not going to be the number one receiver in the draft, and I think it's pretty crazy. Like you said, he's not getting all the buzz that he should be getting, and he was getting earlier in the season or during the season, I should say. The Jerry Judy thing, like his drop, perceived drop, whatever, I I don't understand it. They're not two receivers better than him and certainly not Henry Ruggs. I mean, Henry Ruggs is also, he's a freaking monster in his own right, but he's not a better NFL wide receiver than Jerry Judy. Plain and simple. That's just... That's just the nature of the beast. All right, let's move on to the second round. I took A.J. Terrell at 46 overall, a cornerback out of Clemson. Got to replace Chris Harris, cheap cornerbacks. A.J. Terrell uh, is, you know, an early second rounder and some, some drafts late first rounder. So he, in this mock draft, slipped. Had to scoop him up. I mean, I'm a firm believer as well. You you draft the best player available, the highest guy on your board, regardless of your need or your uh, position needs. So that that's why I went with A.J. Terrell. What about you in the second round? What would you do? Yeah, David, just like you, I'm a firm believer in taking the best player that's on the board. Isn't that how you get better? I mean, you got to take the best player that is available. And that's why for – my 42nd or 46th overall pick in the second round of my Denver Broncos mock draft, I chose Kenneth Murray, the monstrous linebacker, 
coming out of the University of Oklahoma. I mean, I think he has an immediate impact regardless of any team he's on. He's just everywhere out there on the field. You see him out there. He's, he's a man amongst boys. Absolutely. I mean, he is an absolute animal. An animal. The Big 12 is intimidating. The Big 12 is not known for defense, but he can certainly play defense out of Oklahoma. Had he been there at 46 on my board, I would absolutely take him. I mean, you got to if you have a chance to get him, even if you have a chance to maybe use one of those third-round picks and trade for trade up and get him in the early 40s, it's absolutely worth it in my opinion. I can remember watching him every time. I mean, I don't watch every Oklahoma game, you know, but when I did watch him, he making plays in the third round the first of three selections for the denver broncos in the third round at 77 i went with a guy again best player available he's on the draft network's big board if you would he was in the 40s so i was kind of confused why he was there at 77 but he's a safety out of southern illinois and i've read a lot of good things about him i haven't actually seen him play uh but Jeremy Chin. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. Where where did you go for that first pick of the third round for the Denver Broncos at 77 overall? At 77 overall, I went with a DB as well, but I went with Bryce Hall, the cornerback out of Virginia. Solid, solid. He could be a decent uh, replacement for Chris Harris, but only time would tell, you know? At 83, I finally addressed the wide receiver position. I take wide receiver Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. A lot of people are really high on him. I'm not sure if he's a wide receiver or a tight end. He's listed as a wide receiver, but he's kind of slow from what I understand. Kind of like an Aaron Hernandez type figure out there on the field, huh? Yeah, possibly a Jimmy Graham. I mean, he's a big guy. For my 83rd pick, I went with Ben Barch, the left tackle at a St. John's, Minnesota. Garrett Bowles needs to get out of there. This guy could very well be better than Garrett Bowles. Anybody could be better than Garrett Bowles, but definitely you got to go offensive line whenever you can, whenever you can get a good guy to protect Drew Locke, whether or not he's your franchise guy. All right, for the final Denver Broncos third-round pick, number 95 overall. Now, I will admit, I could have gone Logan Wilson here. And in hindsight, I should have gone Logan Wilson. But a guy that I'm enamored with, I've watched way too much Pac-12 football. I stay up late at night on Saturdays, not doing what normal young people are doing. I'm watching football, and I'm usually watching the Oregon Ducks. And so, therefore, number 95, Troy Dye, linebacker out of the University of Oregon. He's all over the field. He makes tackles. He makes plays. He's a hard hitter. Honestly, I, ju- I just I, I love I love the name Troy Die. Okay, any football player that's last name is Die, he's willing to you know do the dirty work, get out there, make some plays, make some tackles, maybe <laughs> hurt a guy. I don't know, but I really like Troy Die, and that's why he was my pick at number ninety five. What about you? Who'd you go with? I went with who you should have went with, David. I picked the old boy from the 307, baby. Logan Wilson was available. Kenneth Murray, Logan Wilson. 
sitting back there on the inside. That's a strong, nice duo. That's a strong linebacking duo. Damn. I know. I know we have Todd Davis, but very, very average. Yeah. And he's in the last year of his deal. So we'll see if they bring him back after next season. At number 118 in the fourth round, I went back to that linebacker position and I picked a guy who is a tackling machine. He makes tackles at a at an alarming rate, and I can't get him out of my head since I watched ASU Cal on a Friday night in October, and they did like, you know, a little player perspective, player profile thing, you know, those little short stories about players that they show in the middle of the game. And they were talking about all of his drastic weight loss, and he was talking about how he's improved his diet and how he still allows himself a cheat day. On his cheat day, he usually went to this place in Berkeley where they served what I... I mean, maybe you got to see it in person, but it had to have looked like the gnarliest chili dog I've ever seen in my entire life. It was absolutely disgusting. In no way was it appetizing whatsoever. And he just tears into that thing. And I'm like, that guy is a psychopath, okay? I would want him on my football team. Whether he's fat or not, I would still want him on my football team. So I picked... Evan Weaver, linebacker out of Cal at 118. What about you at 118? First of all, David, I got to ask you, how many chili cheese dogs was he eating there at the time, at one sitting? I think I – so he alleged that he used to go in there, you know, and get three. But he said he had cut it down to the one. So he was only filmed while eating one, but who knows how many he had – off camera. I also really love that pick, by the way. And with the 118th pick in my mock draft, I went with a XFL ex-player, um, former St. Louis Battlehawk, Kenny Robinson at safety. Originally played for West Virginia, University of West Virginia, but had some trouble in the classroom, so you know what happens there. Made his way through the short XFL season and looks like he's going to get drafted and it looks like he could be very very well fit the need of a safety on the Broncos roster solid pick solid pick at 178 again I went to the FCF's player pool and I selected somebody out of Craig Bowles old stomping grounds North Dakota State Derek Tuska an edge rusher uh, don't know a whole lot about him. Just know that he is an absolute monster and he comes from the machine that is North Dakota State. North Dakota State's machine level program level is just, it's way crazier than Alabama. I mean, they know that they're going to win, like, and they are going to win. Like, they're, there's no optimism not even a shred of it on the other side. Teams aren't saying we want North Dakota State because nobody wants North Dakota State. So if there's a guy from that program who is a potential NFL player and he could be put on your team and he's coming from that kind of culture, I think he can only make a positive impact. Now I will say with this pick, 
I was very disappointed because about eight picks before that went Anthony Gordon, quarterback out of Washington State, who I was I had forgotten that he was even available in this draft. And had he been there, I totally would have scooped him up at one seventy eight. Love that pick, David. Love that pick. Um I really I really like my pick here at one seventy eight. I think he's a big sweeper. Uh I chose wide receiver out of Liberty University, Antonio Gandy Golden. He nice. reminds me of a he's a kind of a Demarius Thomas esque player. Big physical and he's just runs those routes nice. His hands weren't very good a couple of years ago, but they got much better. And I think he could fit in and be a nice target for Drew Locke, nice supplement receiver to Cortland Sutton. I dig it. I dig it. Now, in that same vein, moving forward, I'll just rattle off my last three picks because I went and I said, I'm going to get Drew Locke, you know, some guys to target, some guys that he can throw the football to. At 181, Jawan Jennings, wide receiver out of Tennessee. At 252, Anthony Gordon's guy, Desmond Patton, out of Washington State. Final pick, 254. You know, not many of these guys make the team, but I figure give this guy a shot. Malcolm Perry, the quarterback out of Navy. He broke so many records at Navy, and he's a gamer. He's a good football player, and those are the kind of guys that I would want to have on my squad. I'll be honest. Now, what position does he play? I have no freaking idea. But he's listed as a wide receiver, and he could probably make an impact in some way or another on the football field. That's who my final three picks were. If none of them shake out, none of them shake out, no love lost. Obviously, the big surprise here is that I did not take a QB even though I don't think Drew Locke is a franchise quarterback. But I'll let Robert go ahead, and then I'll give some more final thoughts. Well, Malcolm Perry did play quarterback. He was their quarterback, triple option quarterback. I know it's a different breed of quarterback, but he was under center. I'll read you off my final three picks for the draft, for my mock draft. At 181, I selected Bravion Roy. From Baylor University, a big anchor in the middle. I know those guys aren't really thriving in the league anymore, but this guy's huge, and no one's getting past him. At 252, I went with another edge rusher, um, Trevon Hill from Miami. He's uh, he's quick. He's quick around the edge. Gets to the ball. Gets gets in the backfield there. And for my final pick. In the 2020 NFL mock draft, pick 254, I chose Jordan Fuller, the safety from Ohio State. Thought maybe we, I would, uh, you know, touch that safety position. It is a little bit of a need. Justin Simmons is back there. But could use a backup, a little bit of work. Kareem Jackson, you know, I don't know. He's there. But I think he would be a much better sitting in the backup role. Yeah, that's fair. Kareem Jackson probably at this point in his career is a backup. I mean, that's just the nature of the NFL and his age and 
experience and everything, he probably is best suited as a backup. So some depth at the safety position for the Broncos probably couldn't hurt. Overall, I do think I should have taken a quarterback. There was never a good spot to take one, though. I kind of was hoping to take Jake Fromm in the third round, but then I'm like, eh, it's Jake Fromm. I don't know if I like that. He's not quite tall enough for uh, John Elway. So if there if there was a quarterback, though, that I think that they would take, it would probably be Jacob Eason or Anthony Gordon out of Washington State. Also, I mean, who knows? In some of these mock drafts that I've done, Justin Herbert has just fallen precipitously, and you never know with uh, John Elway. So maybe they, you know, swing a deal and take Justin Herbert. Who knows? I think that they should take a quarterback of some sort, though, to at least, at the very least, push Drew Locke to improve and to get better and to give him somebody to compete with. I do think that, you know, using some of those, I mean, they've got three third-round picks. That, to me, screams they want to use one or two of those to help them move up at some point. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, Any final thoughts for you on, on the mock draft or, you know, the Denver Broncos draft in general? No, I just have one question for you, David. How come you don't think Thulock is the franchise quarterback? He was impressive in that short five-game showcase there towards the end of the season he had, right? He was very impressive in that five-game stretch, certainly. But the thing is, I think it's like baseball. There are a lot of guys who come up and are on fire when they initially come up, have good rookie seasons, and then when there's some tape on them, you know, they don't really adjust. I'd like to see Drew Locke adjust. He never adjusted at Missouri. I mean, he progressively got worse. That's why he wasn't a first-round pick. After his sophomore year, You, I mean, you could have convinced me or probably a lot of people that he was going to be a top-ten pick as a quarterback. So... I, I just don't know. His track record isn't great in terms of improving and motivating himself to get better. I just I want to see it basically. Maybe maybe he will maybe he will get better. But that's why I think they should bring in a quarterback to at least motivate him to continue to try and get better. Because probably at Missouri, he was reading too many of his press clippings about how great he was and. That, I mean, he just quit working hard. I don't know. I just, I don't see it yet, but who knows? I mean, you uh, you love him, right? Uh, I don't love him, but I'm definitely more optimistic than you are. Like you said, we're just going to have to see more. Time will tell. Only time will tell, that's true. What would you say, I would give your mock draft a B- what would you give mine? Your mock draft. Um, I really did love some of your picks. Um, I'll give you a B plus, David. Wow, that's that's extremely generous. Yep. That's just that warms my heart, honestly. Because you were so nice to me, B plus to you. Everybody's getting a B plus. 
Well, David, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, I can guarantee you and I are the only ones that are giving each other B pluses on our mock drafts because we're obviously completely off, completely wrong. Shots in the dark, but who knows? Who knows? It'll all be real tomorrow. The NFL draft starts on Thursday. For the first round, the second and third round are on Friday, and rounds four through seven are on Saturday. It's going to be a really interesting NFL draft, a really weird broadcast considering Roger Goodell is announcing picks from his basement. I don't know who's going after him. Who knows? It's all a really strange world out there, but we really appreciate you listening to the pod and for joining us. And thank you to Xavier Ducell for coming on and telling us what he saw in Coach Linder and why he wanted to come to the University of Wyoming and, you know, put them back on the map. So it'll be exciting to watch him, you know, these next couple years as a Cowboy. And it'll be exciting to watch on Thursday and Friday to see if Logan Wilson potentially pops into that first round or where he goes in the second or third round. I know I'll be watching. I know Robert will be watching. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. David Graff. Follow Robert. Where can they follow you on Twitter, Robert? You can follow me at R-M-U-N-O-Z-307 on the Bird app. Shout out 307, baby. Always representing Robert is. And then uh, you can listen and subscribe to this podcast anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to subscribe. That way, whenever an episode comes up, it's just there for you. Your podcast app will download it for you. They'll keep you in the loop. You won't have to worry about when the next episode is coming out. We'll be back next next week with a new episode recapping the NFL draft, maybe joined by some Wyoming sports writers, maybe some of Robert's coworkers to talk NFL draft and whatever else Wyoming sports be sure to support the podcast at the link in the description. I mean, we're doing this for you guys. We're trying to bring as much attention to the University of Wyoming, Wyoming Athletics, and Rocky Mountain Sports as we possibly can. It's a lot of fun, but, you know, a few shekels never hurt anybody. So thanks for listening. Shout out to Shakewell for the music. And don't forget, everyone, you can still boo Roger, Roger Goodell from your living room. Yeah, just put it on your Instagram story, you know? Do something fun. Get creative with it. Talk to you next week.
question my lesson Shout out any suggestions, baby 